الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم حسبي الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم صدق الله العلي العظيم my dear respected most honorable elders beloved brothers and sisters in Islam assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu first of all we humbly begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique and wonderful opportunity to congregate in his house to worship him to glorify him and to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we pray that Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to facilitate such wonderful opportunities for us in the future, insha'Allah. Uh, this is a, uh, a time where we should be more thankful and more grateful for having such opportunities where we can still gather and uh, uh, we can still gather and be grateful to our Lord. We can pray to our Lord. We can uh, ask our, uh, our Lord and sustainer for those things that we need from him. Uh, we're at a time in our lives and uh, in the day and age that we live in that everything is drawing us away from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, we're losing our faith and our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're trusting in everything else except the decree and the will of Allah azza wa jal. And that's something that in light of recent events of, of what's going on, not only here uh, in, in the UK, but around the world, this global pandemic has uh, got everyone worried, and, 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 and rightly so, in many ways. Um, and it's important that we, in times like these, remember the purpose of our creation. The purpose of our creation was to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order for us to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order for us to recognize Him, we have to faith, we have to place our faith and our trust in, 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 in Him, Allah Azza wa Jal. When we look at the Islamic concept of complete reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or trusting, you know, when people talk about trusting Allah's plan, the root word in Arabic is wakala, for tawakkul, for, for reliance or trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which means to entrust, to charge, or to authorize. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-wakil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the disposer of affairs, the one who is entrusted, relied upon, depended upon, and is sufficient for the, for the care of everything else. In, in Madaraj Salikin Ibn Qayyim al jawziyya he notes, and he gives the example of a person who, who relies on Allah, who trusts in Allah. He said, the condition of the one who relies on Allah is like the condition of the one who is given a dirham by a king. So a king gives a man a, 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 a dirham, and then that dirham gets stolen from that man. So the king says to that man, he says to him, don't worry, you know where that dirham came from? There's many more. And if that individual, if that man, if this person knows the truthfulness of the king's statement, and he trusts the king, and he knows then that the king's treasures are full, he's not going to be worried about losing that dirham, is he? 
This is like our reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we lose something, <clears throat> if something is taken away from us, if we find ourselves in a difficult situation, we know our reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such that we believe, we know that, look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to take care of us. He knows what's happening with me right now. He understands better than me what's happening with me right now. And he wants what's best for me. He will take care of me. He will control and take care of my affairs. Sayyidi wa amami Imam Abdullah ibn Aluya al-Haddad rahimahullah ta'ala in expounding upon tawakkul, trust and reliance on Allah in his spiritual masterpiece which is called the Risalatul Mu'awana, the book of assistance. He explains the signs of tawakkul. The signs of tawakkul. And he supports his position with the, with the example of uh, Shaykh Abdul Qadir Al-Jilani rahimahullah ta'ala. Uh, and he says in, in Nisalatul Mu'avana, this is what he states. He said, the one whose reliance is sincere. Because, you know, it's not just enough to say, oh, I, I rely on Allah. I tawakkul on Allah. I, 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 I believe in Allah. I have faith in Allah. It's not just enough just to say it with the tongue, profess it with the tongue. It's like Iman, right? Iman is not just ikrar bil lisan. Iman is not something that you just profess with the tongue. It's tasdeeq bil qalb. Right? It's, it's you have to affirm it with your heart. وَعَمَلْ بِالْأَرْقَانِ And then you have to act upon the principles of the religion. So it's not just merely enough to profess with the tongue that I believe in Allah. Uh, you have to believe it in your heart. You have to wholeheartedly understand the concept of Allah, the, the tawheed of Allah, believe it in your heart, and then act upon the principles of the faith. Then you can, uh, you, you can call yourself a mu'min or a Muslim. So in order for us to have tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, we can't just merely profess it with the tongue. We have to believe it in the heart. Then we have to exhibit that trust and show how we trust and, and rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, in, the reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is dependent upon our sincerity, upon our ikhlas. And the one whose reliance is sincere, he has three things going for him. The first thing is that he neither has hopes in no fears other than Allah. So we only place our hopes in and we only fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his divine decree. The sign of this is that he upholds the truth in the presence of those in whose regard people usually have hope and fear such as princes and rulers. So that, you know, he, he speaks up. It's like the, the, the statement of the Prophet wasallam that the greatest jihad is to speak the truth in front of a tyrant. Because you don't fear him, you fear in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't hope in him, you don't place your hopes in him that he is going to take care of you. You place your hopes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is going to take care of your affairs. The second thing that the individual whose reliance is sincere, he has going for him is that worrying about his sustenance, worrying about his rizq, never enters his heart. Because of his confidence in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree, so that his heart is as tranquil when in need, just as it is tranquil when he is fulfilled, when his need is fulfilled. And this, this is something that we can act upon today. You know, people are panicking. Panic buying, you're going to the aisles in, in the supermarkets and the, the, the toilet rolls are empty and the dry foods are empty and this is empty, all of those. Because people are just worried. They're panicking, they don't know what to do. They don't know what's going to happen, so they quickly stock up on what they, what they can. Right? 
And this is where our trust and our reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes in. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying leave everything and don't, don't. Prevention is always better than cure, right? Prevention is always better than cure. But the most important thing, the most important being that we should place our trust and our reliance on, first and foremost is Allah. First and foremost is our religion, our iman, our deen. Worrying about our sustenance should never enter our hearts if our reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sincere. If we sincerely trust and believe in Allah's divine plan, are we going to stockpile on everything and forget about everybody else? You see, these are moments when we should think and we should ponder. Right? Did we ever think about those individuals who are less fortunate than ourselves? And how are they going to, to, um, to overcome this virus and, and, and uh, those who are vulnerable in society? Perhaps they need this more than you. Assisting others, helping others, giving preference of others over yourselves. Isn't this what a Muslim is supposed to do? So the third thing, the third reliance on Allah, the, th the third part of that sincerity is, and this is, this is extremely important too, that the individual's heart does not become disturbed in fearful situations. If our reliance on Allah is sincere, this is one of the marks of it. That our heart does not become fearful in or disturbed in fearful situations. Knowing that which, which missed him could never have struck him. And that which struck him could never have missed him. And this is the mentality that we need to have. When we experience such illnesses, such viruses or some, something that, is, that people are worried about. That we're all naturally worried about. That which struck us can, cannot miss us. And that which missed us could never have struck us. Because that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted from us. We shouldn't become disturbed in these fearful situations. Instead, we should embrace them. Embrace them in a way that we can reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quicker and closer to Him uh, through these situations. Because undoubtedly, when, when, we're, when we're tested, and when we have trials and tribulations that we have to go through, in those situations we find ourselves more closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We find ourselves closer to the sunnah of the Prophet. Look at the Prophet alayhi salatu The most beloved of Allah's creation. The greatest of Allah's creation. The Habib of Allah. The beloved of Allah. And yet the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what? Did he not suffer? Did he not suffer from anxiety? Did the Prophet ﷺ, sorry, not suffer from, from tribulation? Did the Prophet ﷺ, was he not tested? No, he was tested far more than we were. The Prophet ﷺ lost those closest to him. You know, Boris Johnson last night spoke about, you know, many more will lose their loved ones and, and the scaremongering. The Prophet ﷺ lost those closest to him. Those who were his pillars of support, his wife Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala when he needed her support. His, his uncle Abu Talib who had supported him through thick and thin. From a young age he loses his father before he was born. He loses his mother at the age of six. His grandfather takes care of him and he loses him two years later. Then his uncle takes care of him and he loses him in the year of sorrow. He's thrown out of his city, he's told to leave. But did the Prophet ﷺ during that time, did he turn away? Did he become despondent? Did he despair? 
No. La tahzan. Inna Allah ma'ana. No, don't grieve. Don't fear. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. And that's the mentality that each and every one of us needs to have. That's what we need to... This is the, the, the principle that we must adopt. And this is extremely important. I was going to talk about the examples of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and there's so many of, there's so many of them. The the battle of uh, uh, Tabuk is one. The story of Sayyidina Amr and Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu taala, and, and it perfectly exemplifies um, the level of trust and reliance that the companions had in Allah subhanahu wa taala. For truly, the scholars and the awliya have only expanded upon their teachings and acted upon the teachings of their prior predecessors. There's a verse of the Quran, Fastabiqul Khairat, right? Race, istibaq is literally a foot race. Race with one another for khair, for good, right? Challenge one another in terms of khair, in terms of, of good. There's a, uh, there's a narration uh, which Imam Malik reports in his Muatta that during this particular battle when the Muslims were facing tribulation and the Prophet ﷺ required funds from the people and needed a, re, required assistance from his companions. He turned to them and he asked them to give whatever they can. And said Uthman was among those companions who stood up and he gave and he said, he said, I'll take care of this many members of the army. Then he gave more, he gave more. And they continued to give to the Prophet ﷺ and for the cause. Sayyidina uh, Umar and he was in his home and he thinks to himself, you know what, today, today, I'm going to outdo and outshine Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr is always ahead of me. Abu Bakr always does more, he always gives more. But today, I know that I've got a decent amount of wealth. So this is what I'm going to do. He goes home, he splits his wealth in half. He leaves half for his family, the other half he takes with him and he presents it to the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Ya Rasulullah, this is my contribution. The Prophet ﷺ accepts it from him and tells him to sit down. Amr sits down and, you know, pleased with himself, thinking that he's done something. And today is the day. Today is that chance that he has. Fastabiqul khairat. Raised with one another for good deeds. Right? He thinks to himself, today I've, out, uh, today I've outshone and I've outdone Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an. A short while later, while he's sitting there, Sayyidina Abu Bakr comes. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr walks, Sayyidina Abu Bakr walks in. And with him, he has his belongings. And not only does he have some of his belongings, he has each and every one of his belongings. He's brought everything he owns. And he places them at the feet of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi just he asked Sayyidina Umar, and I forgot to mention this. He said to Sayyidina Umar, Umar, what have you left behind for your family? And Sayyidina Umar said, don't worry. And this was because he, the Prophet sallallahu was trying to find out whether his family is taken care of, whether they have something, they have their sustenance has been provided for. And Sayyidina Umar said, don't worry, Ya Rasulullah, I've left half of this for my family. And when Abu Bakr comes and he places it at the feet of the Prophet the Prophet asks him, Oh Abu Bakr, what have you left behind for your family? And he utters those famous words, Allah wa Rasulah. That I've left behind for them Allah and His Messenger As in I've taken everything and I've brought it to you, there's nothing left. This is everything. And for them they have... In fact, he was trying to tell the Prophet that that which we didn't need, that which we didn't require, I've given to you. Right? 
I've left behind for them Allah and His Messenger. As in they have everything that they could possibly need. They have Allah, they have His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sayyidina Umar that day realizes, that day, he says, this is, that's the day that I realized that I will never be able to outdo Abu Bakr. I will never be able to outshine Abu Bakr. You know, there's, there's, you know that there's in, in uh, the great hadith master, Ibn Asakir, Rahimahullah uh, Ta'ala, in Tariq Madinat al-Dhamishq, an Imam Sulami from a different narration, he's, he mentions that um, uh, after that, that, that incident took place, uh, said that, uh, Jibreel was sent to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he was sent with a message. And said that Jibreel said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you salam and he is giving salam to Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an. And he's saying, he's asking you to ask Abu Bakr, Hal anta an rabbika rad? That are you satisfied with your Lord that you've given everything away? You've given all of your wealth? Are you satisfied in the position, in the place that your Lord has placed you in right now? And... Uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he turned to Abu Bakr and he said to Abu Bakr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala imagine that just that statement the effect that it would have had on Abu Bakr Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you salam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking you hal anta an rabbika rad that are you satisfied with your lord are you pleased with your lord that you've given everything away are you satisfied with the position that he's placed you in and he said ana an rabbi rad and he, he continued to say that. He continued to repeat that statement. Ana an Rabbi Rab. That I am satisfied with my Lord. I am satisfied with my Lord. I am satisfied with my Lord. And, and, and this is the reason why I, I, I mention this story and, and, and talk about it. Because that's essentially the... Uh, that's, this epitomizes tawakkul and reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That even when we, when we give, we give for the sake of Allah. When we take, we take for the sake of Allah. Whatever we have is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever position that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places us in, whether that position is one that we are pleased with, that we are uh, happy with, we are comfortable in, or a position that we are uncomfortable in, we're not so happy with. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right now, He's placed us in this position. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right now we have to believe in His divine decree. Right? And believing in the divine decree doesn't mean sitting and doing nothing. You know, that's a, you know I, I, I've spoken about this on many occasions before. There's a difference between tawakkul and tawakkul. There's a difference between having proper reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sincere reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and merely just saying, I believe in Allah or I rely on Allah, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to take the means. I'm just going to leave everything to, for the sake of Allah. I'm not going to try to do anything myself. There's a difference between the two. The meaning of tawakkul, it, 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 it comprises of elements of of laziness, inability, and resignation, that careless attitude. You know what? Forget it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to leave it to Allah. That, that indignation and that resignation is not part of our faith. That's us losing hope. That's us becoming, uh, falling into despair. And like I already mentioned that verse of the Quran, لا تحزن إن الله معنا Do not despair. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you. It indicates refusal to strive. And that's what jihad is, right? True jihad is to strive with, with, with oneself, to, to challenge oneself, 
to continue to try to strive in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what jihad is. To exert one energy and effort in order to reach closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and this tawakul, it, it's a refusal of, to, to strive. We don't want to do that. And, and, and that's something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, does not accept, that negative attitude. It contradicts every aspect of the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa You know, there's an example of, the, of a hadith. Right? This, this, this will cl clarify the difference between tawakkul and tawakkul. That um, uh, a, a man came to, to Masjid al-Nabawi and he, he, he left his, his camel outside, right? Uh, the masjid, and he did not tie the camel down. And the Prophet, uh, uh, the Prophet was a witness to this, and he saw this. And he said to that man, he said, he, he, the Prophet said to him that tie the camel down. So tie it down so that when you come out, the camel is still going to be there. Tie it down so it doesn't roam around freely, and you might lose it, you might, uh, it, it might leave. And the pro he turned to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, he said, Ya Rasulullah, a'qiluha wa atawakkal aw utliquha wa atawakkal. He said, he said, should I tie it down and then have tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Or should I leave it, let it go and then have tawakkul in Allah? As in, should I tie it down? Should I, should I take the means, do whatever I can, and then have tawakkul that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of my camel or my mount? Or should I let it go and leave it and say, look, I have my reliance on Allah, I'm going to go in, inside the masjid, Allah is going to take care of it, no matter where the camel wanders, it's still going to come back to me because Allah is going to take care of it. And the Prophet wasallam said to him, اِقِلْهَا وَتَوَكَّلْ That tie it down first, then have tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As in, do what you possibly can, do everything that you possibly can, and then have tawakkul that, Ya Allah, I've done what I possibly could, right? I've exerted all my energy and all my effort to protect myself. Now it's your job, Ya Rabbi. Now I leave it to you, right? I place my reliance and my trust in you. So take the means. That's extremely important. The Prophet ﷺ was explaining to that man that tawakkul does not, never negates the means. He commands him to take the means and then make tawakkul or have tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't sit back and do nothing. Sit back and say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of me. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept your negative attitude. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like your negative attitude. The Prophet ﷺ was never of that attitude. Do you think the Prophet ﷺ, when he suffered, and the Prophet ﷺ suffered from illness, and the Prophet ﷺ suffered from being poisoned, do you think he just sat back and said, I'm not going to do anything about it, Allah is going to take care of me, he loves me better than anybody else? No, the Prophet ﷺ continued to, to strive. There's a hadith, I'll mention this, this last hadith, and then I, uh, I'll mention a few things, a few announcements. There's a hadith reported by Imam Ahmad and Imam Tirmidhi in their respective books. That the Prophet is reported by Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. And, and this, this, again, we spoke about the panic and, and, and everything else. This should alleviate some of that. لَوْ أَنَّكُمْ كُنْتُمْ تَوَكَّلُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ حَقَّ تَوَكُّلِهِ لَرُزِكْتُمْ كَمَا تُرْزَكُ التَّيْرُ تَغْدُوا خِمَاسٍ وَتَرُوهُ بِطَانًا The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that if you truly had tawakkul in Allah, if you truly place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way he deserves to be relied upon, the way he should be relied upon, then he would provide your sustenance, your rizq 
for you the way he provides for sustenance for the birds. The birds, they leave in the morning with the empty stomach and they return back with the full stomach in the evening. That's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide sustenance for you. That you won't even realize it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have taken care of your rizq. This is extremely important in times like these. Um, the things that I mentioned in, in, in respect to, 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 uh, to, uh, to what we're going through right now, um, not just us as, as Muslims uh, here in the UK, uh, uh, the wider British, British community and uh, around the world. The most important thing is not to panic. Have your faith, re retain your faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't despair in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think of this as an opportunity to assist others. You know, Allah subhanahu wa the Prophet said, Allah is in the assistance of, of those who are in the assistance of others. Allah is in the assistance of those who are in the assistance of others. Cleanliness and hygiene, extremely important. You know, we know that already. Five times a day we perform our wudu. We're told that cleanliness is nisful iman. It's half of our iman. And it's incredibly important. It's more important now. Uh, think of, 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 of wudu. You know, um, we're telling our children now to use hand sanitizers and wash their hands before and every, you know, whenever they get the opportunity out of fear of contracting the virus. But did you ever think that, did we ever tell our children, you know, make your wudu five times a day and pray out of fear of Jahannam? We never did that, right? And, and, and again, it comes down to our, our, our priorities. Uh, regarding the, the masjid itself, if you're unwell or if you have any symptoms, um, please do not come to the, to the, to the masjid. Do not, and do not go into um, gatherings of large numbers of people. This is an illness that will continue to spread. It's going to get worse before it gets better. There's no doubt about that. Um, this, the science is quite clear uh, on that. So self-isolate to protect others. This is, an, uh, Islamic, this is taken from an Islamic principle. The Prophet wasallam said, La darar wa la dirar. That do not uh, cause harm and do not get harmed yourself. Right? So don't cause harm to others and protect yourselves from getting harmed too. This is a statement that clarifies a general principle that is used in all aspects of life, which appropriately applies in this particular case in situations of outbreaks. Have your faith and trust in, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regarding the masjid uh, specifically, uh, don't gather before and after prayers um, in, 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 in groups. Break immediately after the fara'id. Avoid contact with others if possible. Make wudu at home. This is important. Make wudu at home instead of utilizing the, the, the masjid facilities. Um, also, uh, the elderly and the vulnerable are requested to, to protect themselves and, and, and pray at home. Pray your sunnahs and your nawaf. This is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ anyway. To pray his sunnahs at home and then come to the masjid for, um, for the fara'id. Let's you know, reignite that sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. And the, and, and, and the last thing is, is, is be prepared. Prevention is always better than cure. Be prepared for the worst possible outcome as it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. More, more people are going to contract the illness, which means that you know, it's, it's quite possibly inevitable that businesses are going to shut down, schools are going to shut down. And this is naturally going to disrupt the, the, uh, the lives of, of all people. And it's imperative in, in, in times like these when, when, you, when you place your trust and your reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be prepared. That's tawakkul, right? Be prepared for those kind of outcomes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability 
to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa